Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. A big swing in momentum in the WSL title race and its advantage, Chelsea, as Emma Hayes' side beat Tottenham. As I said, to win a league, you've got to win games like today where it's not entirely pretty. It doesn't actually everything go your way. So three points for Chelsea, but dropped points for both Manchester United and Arsenal. It ended a bad week for the Gunners after Jonas Eideval missed out on top transfer target Alessia Russo. I think it was clear in, in the win that we needed another forward um, and uh, we identified targets. Uh, I, I know the club worked very hard. Manchester City keep up their challenge, beating Leicester, a clean sheet for Ellie Roebuck. We sit down with the City and England goalkeeper to put the world to rights. To be honest, the likes of Kira Walsh, the likes of Alessia Russo in and around these big transfer fees, it doesn't surprise me because they're great players. All that plus we'll round up the weekend's results and speak to Cardiff City captain Corrie Williams as her team prepares for their tie in the fifth round of the FA Cup. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam Hotspur and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. A bit later than normal on this Monday evening. If you're listening to the podcast, it makes no difference to you whatsoever. It's been worth the wait, though, I promise, because we've got Sheffield United women's vice-captain Courtney Sweetman-Kirk with us. So come on, tell me what you've been up to, Courtney. How, how busy have you been? See you on Sky Sports every time I look up at my telly. <laughs> it's funny, actually. I was um, We played Man City last week. Unfortunately, I didn't play because of illness, but I was speaking to Chloe Kelly, who I know quite well, and she said the uh, she said the same thing. So yeah, I've been being kept busy, um, but you know, obviously, football was the first love, so it was a it's a difficult weekend. But I think we'll chat about that later. Yeah, unfortunately, I am going to bring that up later on. Um, but we'll wait, we'll wait. Let's not let's not start the show off uh, on a downer, shall we? If you're a Sheffield United fan, uh, let's go straight into the WSL, shall we? In the top of the table, Tottenham two. Chelsea 3, Jess Carter opening the scoring for Chelsea after just eight minutes. Bethany England equalising against her former club. Uh, didn't celebrate as well, classy, classy, uh, before a stunning solo effort from Lauren James put Chelsea ahead at the break. Guru Wrighton made it three. Nicola Karczewska pulled one back, but it was just a consolation for Tottenham in the end. Uh, before we dissect this, let's hear from both managers. Uh, in a moment, Tottenham's Rianne Skinner, but first Chelsea's Emma Hayes. To win a league, you've got to win games like today where it's not entirely pretty it doesn't actually everything go your way are there sloppy moments yes can you eradicate them yeah they were within our control I think our concentration and focus at time um, left a lot to be desired but I think I've pushed the life out of them in training this week I mean I really pushed them and I I could see some of that out there in, in the way we tired. I thought we worked incredibly hard. I think we um, we were better performance-wise than we were just just over a week ago. So I think I'm really proud of the players in the way that they've applied themselves today and learnt from the last game and obviously put a lot of things into action that have made it really tough for Chelsea today. Interesting, isn't it, Chelsea, this season, Courtney? Because they're, they're, they're still winning, but not necessarily playing their best. 
Yeah, but I think that's the mark of also a you know a winning team. The the fact that they can pull out these results necessarily when they're you know not playing their best. But as you say, that goal from Lauren James, they've got moments of brilliance all the way through their squad and players that can change games. So you now I think there's a there's a lot um, that Chelsea are wanting to achieve as well. WSL and uh, and obviously the, the domestic cups and then thinking about Champions League. So it's a lot for these players to to have to deal with, but they're still getting the results. So that's the main thing. Yeah, it is. And I mean, Emma Hayes is a perfectionist and every time she's asked about the brilliance of Lauren James, she always just measures it a little bit. Yeah, that's great on the front foot, but, you know, she needs to improve it in other areas. Uh, what what do you make of that? Well, that's why Emma Hayes is, is you know, one of the best managers in the game. Um, I think the way initially that she managed Lauren James when she first came to Chelsea and and the injury and and really easing her in gently, I think now that you know the way she's been managed is fantastic because we're now seeing the best of of Lauren James. But you know there's still so much to come from her. She's so young, um, and yeah, the way that Emma Hayes sort of curbs the enthusiasm, I think it's it's her protecting. Lauren protecting her player and, and trying to get the best out of her. And what did you make of this game as as a whole? Because I think, you know, Tottenham would be quite pleased despite the, the defeat coming away with two goals against Chelsea. Was this, you know, a little bit more of a statement from them because they've had such an up and down season. We talk about it every week. Yeah, it's a, it's a step in the right direction for them. But as you say, it's been up and down. There's been you know, some performances that I'm, I'm sure Rianne Skinner will be pleased with and, and somewhere they've been really poor. So, you know, it's always quite difficult when it's opposite ends of the spectrum. You want a bit of consistency. But I think obviously Bethany England coming in is for them has been great. They've obviously made some signings in the window. And I think now it, it, the, the second half of the season, they'll want that consistency you know, of results. And then hopefully on the back of that, the performances will get better as well. Yeah, we'll talk about their their transfer business later on, actually, because, you know, up with Aston Villa, I think they've probably had one of the best windows and they needed goals absolutely desperately. And and, and that's what they've they've got with new signings. Um, It ended up being one of those weekends um, for Chelsea where they were rubbing their hands with glee because they were sandwiched in between their two biggest rivals arguably this season Manchester United had had kicked off earlier in the day and had a a goalless draw um, against Everton we'll talk about that game in a minute but I mean even more so Emma Hayes jumping uh, for joy after beating Tottenham she then got to watch West Ham nil Arsenal nil held to another goalless draw Jonas Eideval's side and after failing to sign Manchester United's Alessia Russo for that world record fee on transfer deadline day Jonas Eideval left frustrated dropping points against a resolute West Ham side it's the first time I found this fascinating that Arsenal have failed to score in a WSL game since a goalless draw with Chelsea in February last year which is just crazy and so frustrating I would say for, for, for Arsenal yeah, and then, you know, in terms of they've still got that game in hand, haven't they? I think that will draw them level uh, with Man United on points if they win that. But yeah, it's definitely, you know, they're in a, a difficult position. As you say, the fact that you know, they weren't able to get Alessia Russo across the line when you're missing, you know, despite the wealth of talent that Arsenal have got, when you're missing Miedemar, when you're missing Beth Mead, it's, it's you know, it's very difficult. And, um, you know, they've got to find a way around that. Jonas and, and Arsenal, whether it's the fact that they play in a, in a, a little bit of a different style and they look at different things off. So they've had to change the personnel. So maybe because they've had to do that, they might have to, you know, a little bit tweak the way that they play to try and get those goals going forward. Looked like um, they should have had a, a penalty as well, West Ham. Um, Raffaele kind of upending, I think is possibly the most polite way of putting it. Dagny Brynestortier, missed by all the officials, you know, don't want to throw the, the officials under the bus every single week, but these kind of things are, are quite frustrating. Yeah, it's difficult. And and to be honest, Faye, it's something that is, you know, happening at WSL, it's happening in the championship. And for me, ever since I can remember, I think the level of officiating is, is the worst it's ever been. Um and it's difficult. I know it's difficult for officials because, you know, especially in, in the WSL and, and majority of the championship, you've got full-time players. The the refs aren't full-time. I know BB Steiners has gone to the PGMOL. But for me, um, it's not just necessary decisions. And I know Carla Ward sort of put out a statement as well talking um, about officiating. And I agree with everything she said. But for, for me as well, and I've been on the end of a few challenges this season where it's getting to the point where it's player welfare. 
um, and, and players are being put in positions um, and also, you know, games being played as well. We had an incident at, at Palace where, you know, their 3G was literally bubbling up and we were having a debate as, as what, you know, if the game should go on. And, you know, as a player, you never want to turn around and go, I don't want to play. But it, yeah, it's now gets into the point with, with the refereeing and the officiating where it's player welfare and something really needs to be done about it. And, that, and it does worry me in that sense. Yeah. So Paul Koncheski's side, um, obviously frustrated by that, but also, you know, they defensively resolute in this game. They were absolutely fantastic. And goalkeeper Mackenzie Arnold in, in particular um, w- was superb. You know, so many saves against Dina Blackstinius. Also, Frieda Marnham was, uh, you know, had lots of chances that, that she should arguably have really uh, put away. I think Paul Koncheski's done a really good job so far this, this season on on the assessment of it 12, 13 games in. Yeah, definitely. I think now, as you say, we sort of, you know, more than a little bit halfway through the season and, and you're looking at them mid-table in, in seventh. He's done a really good job. And as you say, they're built on being defensively resolute which is you know fantastic because if you keep clean sheets then you've always got a chance of whether you know the draw or, or nicking uh three points at the end but I think yeah the way that they're playing I think there's definitely been an improvement in the side and, and he's done a fantastic job with West Ham yeah he really has we'll hear from Jonas Eideval uh, later on in terms of the Alessia Russo failed uh world record transfer bid it it was happening it wasn't happening it was happening it was happening and in the end it didn't happen uh which is disappointing all round I, I i think and and i'm sure Jonas Eideval uh will be very disappointed bearing in mind that the injuries that they have. Um, he would have been heartened, though, at least to have seen Manchester United also drop points because Arsenal five points behind Chelsea. They do have that game in hand, as you mentioned, uh, Courtney, and at least do keep up with Manchester United because they drop points against Everton. Um, so United two points behind Chelsea. They missed some big chances as well. Uh, Lucia Garcia just over the bar in the first half. Ella Toon hitting the post in the second half. And uh, two points dropped, according to United boss Mark Skinner. They stopped the scoring. That, that's, um, that's the reality of the game. But we had 25 opportunities. Um, didn't get as many as we want on target, but we had good chances. So even if we're not on target, they should be. And we should be scoring those opportunities. So, look, it, it's one of those down to us. It's down to our accountability. It's down to us as, as people, as coaches, as as players to to make sure we take the moments and make the moments. And we've said that throughout the whole season. So, a draw when you're trying to trying to win the game is is way more positive than than actually us not or banking up and so on. So. We, we we're not happy with just the point, but you get what you deserve when you don't take your chances. Yeah, you can tell how frustrated he is with that. Those are the kind of games, you know. I know Everton are having a, a solid season under Brian Sorensen, but these are the kind of games that that Mark Skinner wants to win. Yeah, and I think you're looking at Everton. They've definitely um, improved in their performances recently. They're on a good run, um, so they've probably caught them at the wrong time. But yeah, for Manchester United, when you you second, you're vying. Um, to to try and win the title, I know that sort of Mark's going to plays that down quite a lot, but they're they're in the race. That it's as simple as that. They'll want those Champions League um, spots as well, and I think that's really important. And around Alessia Russo and and all of that, I would imagine the conversation. I don't know personally, but the conversation will sort of be: Look, stay here. We're going to get Champions League. Well, you know, if they get Champions League, we're going to give you a new contract. We'll give you a bump contract. You've not got to go to Arsenal. Um, and I imagine if they do drop out of that, we will see her go in the summer. So it's a you know, I think he will have put his cards on the table with that Mark Skinner and it's, you know, it's a dangerous game to play because it comes to the summer and they're not there. Um, then they've, they've lost out on a, on a big transfer fee and, and a lot of money for the club. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing um, for Mark because it was a fantastic opportunity. You know, he, he didn't know, but obviously with Arsenal dropping points later on. Um, but yeah, those are the fine margins when, you, when you're in second place and, and you've got to put those chances away but I think Mark Skinner again he's done a good job with United I've watched them quite a lot this season and you know they've got an identity um, and I think they're only going to get better under him. Yeah and Champions League is not 
secure either because Manchester City, after their wobbly start to the season, have started turning it on and, and actually a level on points with Arsenal, albeit Arsenal do have that game in hand, obviously. But they're on 26 points, three points behind Manchester United and we're still, you know, a large part of the season to go. So it's definitely not nailed on, much as uh, many people will have thought that when they started to pull away at some point. Um, right, coming up, we're going to go through the rest of the WSL and the Championship results later on. This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. It's myself, Faker Others, and Courtney Sweetman Kirk with you. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women, and you can follow the WSL on Talk Sport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faye Carruthers. Sheffield United women's striker Courtney Sweetman-Kirk is alongside me as well. Don't forget, we're also a podcast, uh, so if you want to download us, if you miss the show live, you can go on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and listen to us wherever you would like to. Uh, right, Liverpool 2, Reading 0. Uh, one other game on, on Sunday. Day. Liverpool ending a run of three home defeats in a row. Two goals in three minutes, giving them the points against Reading. Uh, Missy Bocairns on 62 minutes, followed in quick succession by Kerry Holland. Uh, Reading, though, still without a point in the league, on the road this season. They hit the bar early on at Prenton Park. Bang in trouble, though, second from bottom. Four defeats in a row, four points above bottom team Leicester. Quite clinical in the end from Liverpool, which we're not always used to seeing this season, Courtney. No, but again, I think they've done done really well in the window, um, especially Fuka Nagano. I think adding that that touch of, of, of quality um, to Liverpool and, and everyone's raving about her and, and I can see why. Uh, but yeah, clinical for Liverpool and, and that was important for them to get the goals. And as you say, you know, looking at Reading, they're banging trouble because, as you say, four points above Leicester. But I believe Leicester have got two games in hand and I think they're looking a lot better under a Willie Kirk and starting to to find some form. So, yeah, that battle now at the bottom is um, is getting increasingly harder. And the fact that you know, Reading let Tatsdawi go um, over to Liverpool on loan, I think, that was quite a, a strange one. Again, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes and, and the conversation that players have had, but, you know, they were sort of, at one point, Liverpool relegation candidate. So sort of to to hand a striker over to your, to your, to your sort of relegation rivals, I thought it was a, is a peculiar one, but, you know, this is football. We always have surprises. Yeah, but, but I mean, maybe Matt Beard's thinking that they're not. But I, I, I don't know. I just, the, the, the whole thing is, 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 is very... Is very strange. I agree with you, but it's also so tight down down the bottom part of the table. Reading four points above Leicester, as I as I said, but then Brighton only a point above them. Um, Tottenham two points above them, and you'd like to think, when looking at the table now, that on eleven points, Liverpool are safe. Yeah, I think that that three points at the weekend was massive, and it has, as you say, I think pulled them away, sitting in eighth. Really, I think. Like you say, you're looking at Leicester on three points and, and them on 11 um, and they've both played the same game. So I think that's just about pulled them clear and, and it's time now for, for Liverpool and, and Matt Beard to really sort of kick on because now they've not got that thought of, of relegation in the back of their head. They can really work on things and, and you know, look at their identities and their philosophy and, and really, because sometimes, you, you know, you, you, when you're in that position and, and you're staring at relegation, you can't really experiment. So, you know, now is, is the time for him to be able to experiment on the training ground as well a little bit more now they're secure and, and look forward now to next season to, to where they can improve again. Yeah, first time they've had back-to-back league wins this season as well, which is quite impressive. Reading, though, you know, I, we talk every single week on the pod about the job that, that Kelly Chambers is, is doing, but seven of their 14 league goals have been from open play. That's a concern. Yeah, and, and for many years, as you say, Kelly's done a fantastic job on a uh, quite a, a considerably smaller budget, I suppose, than the the rest of the league. I think normally what they're built on is being you know very hard to beat. But as you say, going forward, I think is is definitely their issue um, in terms of scoring goals, and and you know that's what we we know about football: scoring goals wins your games, and that's something that's got to improve in their game. Because yeah, believe you me, Leicester are, are very much breathing down their necks. Yep, certainly are. Although they lost uh, 2-0 to Manchester City at the King Power at the weekend. Um, straightforward 2-0 win, really, for, for Gareth Taylor's 
at City side. WSL top scorer Bunny Shaw with a second half looping header, her 10th goal of the season. Uh, Chloe Kelly, as you were saying at the at the top of the show, friend of yours, Courtney, uh, on the score sheet 13 minutes later. Um, and the thing is, when they're in that kind of form, Manchester City, you, you, you can't, if you don't have the quality, you can't do it. And they were denied by uh, Janina Leipzig, who's on loan from Bayern Munich. She had a fantastic game despite conceding twice, made a WSL record 15 saves, including six in the opening 20 minutes. But, you know, Manchester City with finishers like Chloe Kelly and Bonnie Shaw, that, that that's the, 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 the clinical edge that you need. Yeah, and as you say, City are picking up again and it, you know, for a few seasons now, haven't they? They've they've had a, maybe a bit of a poor start by their standards, and then they they really start to to kick on, and they're doing that again. But as you say, Chloe Kelly, it was say with her weaker foot, the way she kicks with both feet, you'd never know. So yeah, it was a, a fantastic strike from her, Bunny Shaw. You know, I love watching Bunny Shaw. I think she's got everything. She's the complete forward. She's fast. She's strong. She can play with her back to goal and roll you and turn you. Obviously, she's good in the air. She can score headers. Yes, yeah, she. She scores all types of goals. So when you've got players like that, and then we're not even mentioning, you know, the likes of Lauren Hemp and, you know, players like that. So, yeah, they've got a fantastic team, City. And I think it was just a little bit too much for Leicester on this occasion. But as I mentioned earlier, I think they've made improvements under Willie Kirk. I say bringing the goalkeeper in um, is, is definitely a fantastic acquisition for them. Gives them a bit more solidity at the back. They're getting players back um, from injury as well. So I think Leicester... Um, they've definitely improved in form and I think they're up for the for the battle of staying in the league. Going to be fascinating actually um, watching Manchester City's week now that they are back on form because they've got the League Cup semi-final against Arsenal on Wednesday and then they play Arsenal again on, on Saturday which actually could be a really crucial match in terms of, uh, of the battle for Champions League football. Oh yeah, definitely looking at the table. They've played, Man City have played one more game than Arsenal but as you, as you said earlier, they're equal on points. So if then, you know, we, we always say in football, you want the points on the board. So if then, you know, even go above, um, if they go above Arsenal and, and just that look of it as a player, when you see it on the table and you know you, you're above a certain team, regardless of what's going on, you know that psychologically you've got a little bit of an advantage. So yeah, it's a, it's a massive week for them with the, with the League Cup semi-final as well. Yeah, let's talk about Leicester though, because we we mentioned Reading bang in trouble. Leicester are the bottom side, but despite defeat to Manchester City, their manager Willie Kirk believes that they're improving week on week. When we get to those small details, that'll be when we are in the top half of the league, uh, and and we should be looking to take points off teams like that more regular. Uh, we've got no right to take points off off the top four just now. We've got a lot of work to do. Uh, but we are seeing lots of signs of progress in, in different areas and uh, today was another step forward without a doubt. I mean, he's right, Courtney, they are improving, but is it too little too late? I don't think so. I've, I've got I've got a feeling and, and watching some of the games and, and the way that they've been playing, the improvements they made, um, I, I don't know, I, I would, uh, if I could bet, I'm not obviously allowed to, but I would put a cheeky bet on them staying in the league. I, I do think they've, they've got enough and you look at the quality within their side to get over the line but obviously as you say performances are one thing but then you've got to start getting the points on the board and those difficult games where it's you know nil nil and, and they've conceded late goals they've got to try and make sure they keep it nil nil because a point here and there come the end of the season could be massive but yeah I do, I do feel that they've got more quality than Reading but they've obviously got to start showing it. They absolutely do. Um, right, final game uh, from Saturday. Aston Villa won at Brighton won. Rachel Daly kept very quiet by Brighton, who grabbed a point to pull away from the relegation place and go above Reading. Kaylee Green had scored uh, quite an unfortunate own goal to put Villa ahead in the first half, but then a mix-up in defence left Julia Alma to get a vital point for Brighton. Their first, actually, for new coach Jens Schuer. Uh, what did you make of this game, Courtney? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one with Brighton because sort of, again, you you look at their players, they've, they've got good players, decent quality, and, and you, then you're looking at them 10th in the table and knowing sort of all the facilities they've got as well be, behind the scenes. I, I definitely think they're underperforming. Um, I think a team that are built on, you know, through Hope Powell, and I know you've, you, we've had the change in manager there, but that defensive solidity that they've not had. And because of that, you, you know, you, you're trying to build from the back, you're trying to go forward and at the other end as well, they're not scoring enough goals for me. So I think actually when you're looking at the table and 
and, and where Brighton are, a point. It's a very, very good point for them, a solid point. But again, it, they could quite easily get drawn into this relegation battle. They're only a point above Reading. Yes, again, Reading have got games in hand. But as I say, for me, psychologically, when you're looking at the table, um, they're, they're in a, a poor position, really. And I think they need to start winning games because if they you know, get dragged into that, it, it'd be... You know, terrible for them, like saying in terms of what the club is it invested yeah, in. The Aston Villa team. have also in, invested well and, and had a good transfer window. I feel as if uh, manager Carla Ward is, is getting good stuff out of the players, but she was left disappointed by this performance and admits that they need to be better in all areas on the pitch. If you forget the goal, I think over the course of 90 minutes, we haven't performed in the way that we have all season, so that's disappointing. But I'll look at that, I'll analyse it, the girls will analyse it, and uh, we'll come back stronger. But um, if there's a positive, it's the fact that we, we remain unbeaten in the new year. But look, if we're setting our standards in the way that we have, we've got to be better in every area. Um, and it simply wasn't good enough today. So look, we'll take the point, but we've got to learn. We've got to be better every day and, and move on. Carla Ward-Courtney was um, named the Barclays Manager of the Month for, for January after winning three of their four matches in the last month. But I can understand her frustration in this because, uh, again, a, a little bit, like some of the other teams in the league, Brighton easily concede goals and, and it feels as if Villa should have punished them a bit more. Yeah, definitely. And as you say, they, they did a good job, Brighton, of, of nullifying Rachel Daly. And I think that's something that that, that Villa team have to work on now in terms of if Rach is being marked out the game, which of course she is, she's a lioness, she's, you know, she's scoring goals. She had a fantastic start to her Villa career. Um but inevitably, if she is being man-marked, then that opens up gaps elsewhere. So they, you know, I think they need to work on that in terms of if Rage is marked out the game, how do they get around that? How do they then um, exploit the, the the gaps that are going to be left via that? But I think, you know, consistency seems the word of the day today. But I think that's, again, what Villa um, need to look at um, in terms of, you know, they'll, they'll put on some strong performances, they'll win games, and then they'll probably, you'd expect them to go and beat Brighton, really. Um, and come out with that draw. So I think it's it's just that. But I think they're still learning. They're young, really, if you think, uh, not as a squad, but in terms of their WSL experience as a, you know, I know you've got experienced WSL players in there, but, you know, as a team in the WSL, they're, they're young in their journey and still, you know, Carla Ward as well. She's young in her managerial journey, but I think she's she's done a, a fantastic job with them. I think the big thing for Carla is the way that she manages players. She's a fantastic man manager and and she's great at getting good staff around as well. Um, she's not afraid to sort of, of delegate and say, you look, look, you know what, this is not my forte, but I'm going to give that to someone that is. And I think, you know, the, the, the best managers do that. So, yeah, I think I've, I've enjoyed watching Villa. And I think there's just the times where they're getting the draws, where they can just get a little bit more um, and get over the line and just maybe have a bit of the, you know, the wily fox about them a bit more to get the three points. Yeah, absolutely. Another fascinating uh, WSL weekend. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Faker Rothers and Courtney Sweetman-Kirk with you. Next, we're going to discuss transfers and find out whether Manchester City and England goalkeeper Ellie Roebuck thinks a £1 million player in the WSL is a... Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Round the corner. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Fran Kirby and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. Me, Faker Ruthers, and Sheffield United women's vice-captain Courtney Sweetman-Kirk with you. Uh, Right, let's talk transfers, shall we? Alessia Russo, the big news, we mentioned it earlier on. The world record transfer, that didn't happen. There was another one that didn't happen as well. Chelsea came in a bit left field, wanting Katie McCabe from Arsenal. Uh, Neither club had their wishes granted. It feels as if the value of winning competitions, Courtney, finally has never really been been higher and rival teams are not selling players to each other. No, and uh, rightly so, you would say. Most fans will say you don't want to be selling to, to rivals. But And I think it's, you know, especially for the women's game, the WSL, there's only 12 teams in a league. So I think it's even more condensed um, and, and the movement of players, it, it's more difficult, isn't it? And, you know, years gone by, we've seen players go abroad or, or come from abroad rather than trying to buy off rivals. But I think, you know, the the more visibility there is in the league that and, and everything increases and, and, and stuff like that, I think, you know, teams are looking towards uh, rival players and, and rival teams because that's where the best players are because we're attracting some of the, the best players in the world. And, um, you know, as said earlier, in, in terms of Manchester United and Arsenal, I think it was brave from Manchester United because it's, it's a lot of money to turn down. But, you know, they've obviously got faith in, in in what they're doing and where they're going to be next season. And yeah, the Katie McCabe one was very left field, wasn't it? And you know, she's a, a fantastic player. You'd, you know, she's one of those that, you know, you love her when she's in your team. You probably hate playing against her. Um, and I think she would fit into that Chelsea team, to be honest, as well. I think um, she'd be a good addition. But yeah, I think it, it you know, especially with um, with the injuries that, that Arsenal have got, um, you know, selling selling her would have, have been a big mistake. Are we going to see some big transfers in the summer as a as a result of this? You know, you can understand why, you know, Manchester United wanted to keep Alessia Russo, bearing in mind what they're doing this season. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's a difficult one in the women's game because normally sort of in the men's game, they command such a big transfer fee because they're, they're on maybe five, six year contracts. And, you know, as much as the value of the player and what they can bring, it's looking about paying out their contracts as well. And you know, in the in the women women's game, notoriously, you're looking at one, two, and, and a three year contract was a long contract. Um, and again, thankfully, I think that's getting better. That's increasing. Longer tr- contracts are being um, given out, which is good for the security of of, of players. Um, and as that goes to increase, as the you know the 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 game and and the, and the fans and everything's in, increasing um, within the women's game in England, we are going to see bigger and bigger transfer fees, and rightly so because these players are. You know, fantastic professionals, and and they deserve to 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 have that big value put on them. Also, with that, it's quite interesting um, in terms of what that value brings in terms of the you know a performance level from that player. There is an increased pressure now. You know, if you are going for a massive transfer fee, then there's an increased pressure on you playing, and and that's something that I think you know the Lionesses have had to deal with um, in terms of that increased media pressure as well. But they've dealt with it very well from from what I've seen. And she's only got six months left on her contract, which is why that big money came in. So essentially could go on a could go on a free. Yeah. And you know, that'd be a massive loss for Manchester United. And and like I said, I think that's why it was such a brave decision um to keep her at the club because they're I think they're, you know, pretty much put all their eggs in one basket and said, you know, we will get Champions League. Please stay with us. And and if they don't, you know, she's gone for free and they've turned down half a million pounds. So it's a massive decision. Yeah, it really is. Who do you think won the transfer window? Ooh, I think it's a it's a it's a close call between Spurs and Villa. Um, both done fantastic business. Um, I would I would probably say Spurs because I think they're in a in a worse position to start with. Um, and obviously getting, you know, a player such as Bethany England that is guaranteed goals wherever she is. I think that was massive for them. Um, so I, I would shade Spurs, but Spurs and Villa. Mana Uwabuchi as yeah, well. Exactly. Mana Uwabuchi. You know, that should, I, I, I know we knew she was likely yeah. to leave, but to go across North mm. London, I think, is really 
really important international and WSL pedigree the pair of them that's for sure um, one that maybe did slip the net uh, Rachel Furness late on left Liverpool for, for Bristol City and you mentioned Tash Dowie earlier on as well uh, Courtney some really interesting um, departures I think and I think it's quite important to talk you know there's a lot of headlines you know and then that leads to questions of are we going to get a one million pound female footballer and, and when um what do you think I think it's you know if you'd have asked me this you know five years ago I'd probably like I'm not sure as to when I think now with everything that you know that the lionesses have done and shining a spotlight within the you know, to the WSL, I think it's it's going to come sooner rather than later. Maybe in the next couple of years, I, I think we'll see it. Um, and as I say, there will be increased pressure on you know on whoever that player is. It's going to be massive for them. Um, but you would imagine if they can command a million pound fee, then you know, in terms of their mentality as a player and their quality, that they'll be able to take that um, on their shoulders. But yeah, definitely, I think it's coming in the next couple of years sooner rather than later. Um, and that's probably something, like say, five years ago, I wouldn't have thought about. And 10, 15 years ago, I probably never thought would happen. So I'm just pleased that, you know, the, the women's game is getting the spotlight and the recognition that it deserves. Absolutely. And speaking of the first £1 million female footballer, it was one of a range of questions. Talk sport reporter Bradley Hayden asked Manchester City and England goalkeeper Ellie Roebuck in a wide-ranging chat about Manchester City, their rivalry with United, player welfare and the Lionesses. Here's what she had to say about whether or not we're going to get the first £1 million female footballer anytime soon. Yeah, definitely. I think we've seen the growth of the women's game already um, off the back not just off the back of the Euros, actually. I think even prior to that, but obviously more so off the back of that success. Um, it's huge. And to me, as long as it's positive for the women's game, then I'm I'm here for it. And to be honest, the likes of Kira Walsh, the likes of Alessia Russo in and around these big transfer fees, it doesn't surprise me because they're great players and it shows their worth. And that's, that's really exciting going forward. Does it create like a lot of, conversations in, in the dressing room as well when when you see when you hear about some of these moves happening is, is it quite a big topic of of conversation not really. not really I don't think that's something that I mean especially us as a group that we're focused on right now um it doesn't directly impact us I think even in the summer when Kira Kira moved it wasn't something that was widely spoken about it's kind of personal business and we were delighted for Kira to get that opportunity and and get that move but it's not really dressing room talk. I think we're we're really focused on the on the challenge ahead of us, and that for us is more of a priority than than transfer talk. And it's been an exciting season so far in the WSL. Really, really close in, in the title race. Does it add that extra spice as well? That the fact that your your local rivals United are up there and challenging this season as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think rivalries, I'm, I've grown up a football fan. I know what it means and I know what rivalry is. And um, there's no one more passionate about that, to be honest with you. I, I love it and I love that side of it. Um, but I think at stages like this, we've got to focus on ourselves rather than worrying about what they're doing on the other side of the city. Like, it's an exciting, it's a great fixture to be a part of, but... And I thought we was unlucky. We wanted to come away with that fixture with three points. Um, so I think as long as we keep pushing and keep striving, like I say, we're a new group. Um, the competition's high. They're a great team. They've got some great players um, that I know very well. And they're, they're top, top class players and they're doing really well. So for us, we need to keep pushing boundaries, um, keep pushing the club, keep pushing things this side and, and bring in results. And hopefully we can yeah, we can continue to drive and, and finish where we want to finish. Manchester City and England goalkeeper Ellie Roebuck there speaking with our reporter Bradley Hayden. Um, interesting take on player welfare, Courtney, and you mentioned it at the top of the show as well. Yeah, I think as as we were talking about the, the visibility of the game increases, there's, you know, increased media pressure um, in, in terms of, you know, there'll be different sponsorship deals and, and things like that that the, the, the players have, have, have got to deal with as well as, sort of balancing playing so that's one thing um, obviously social media is the one that we always speak about and it's massive in terms of the abuse that that players get and it's something that was was less prevalent I would say in the women's game but again that's increasing 
Um, so I think that's important. Obviously, like we say, the demands as that I would hope that the league increases as well. So the demands on players from a from a playing aspect and a physical aspect. So, you know, from every single corner now we're looking at, there is increasing demands on these players. And, you know, uh, you know, Man City, um, you know, in the, the big clubs, you know, will have that sort of um, welfare officer um, and, and people to speak to and the, the processes in place. And I hope that's the case for sort of all of the, the WSL and also for the championship. It's so important and, and mental sort of health is something I'm a, a bit ad, advocate for and it's something that's important because especially in the women's game and it's also obviously in the men's game but you know as I say you sometimes you're on a one year or two year contract you don't know where you're going to be one year to next year you're moving all around the country and, and you can't you know there's not the financial uh, money in it to sort of move your family with you so it's it's difficult and obviously we do it because we love it and you know there's no doubt about it we're in a privileged position but yeah, it's, it's also very difficult. Yeah, it really is. Um, she did talk about the Women's World Cup before that, though. Uh, she's going to be expecting to be included in Serena Wiegmann's squad for the upcoming Arnold Clark Cup. We've got live commentary of the tournament on TalkSport. It kicks off on Thursday, the 16th of February, and I'm going to be bringing you the squad announcement on TalkSport on Tuesday afternoon during Drive as well. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers. You've just been hearing the thoughts of Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, who's with me. Uh, coming up next, we're going to chat to Cardiff City Ladies Captain Corrie Williams. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. I'm Mary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. Alongside me, Sheffield United women's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. We are available on podcast as well, don't forget. Plenty of places you can download us. First, though, head to the TalkSport app, find us there, and you can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, now, this is the bit that um, Courtney has been dreading the entire show. <laughs> A championship roundup. Courtney, late defeat for you up at Durham, 89th minute goal from Jessica Clark. It's been a really tough season, hasn't it? Yeah, Jess is one of my really good friends as well, so it's uh, compounded. Ooh. But you have no, obviously no, no friends in football in the 90 minutes. But yeah, um, she scored a, a wonderful goal last week as well at Palace. And I said, please don't score against us, but she wasn't listening. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been a, a difficult season, I, I can't lie. Um, I think we, we played well for I would say 75, 80 minutes. Um, we dominated the game in some senses, but you know, this is football and, and goals win games. We didn't do enough going forward um, and, and create enough chances to win the game. I think a, a draw would have been a, a fair reflection, but football isn't fair. And yeah, the, you know, there's no doubt about it. I can't, you know, fluff it up. We're, we're in a battle now. We're in a bit of a, a relegation battle. It's not anything that, you know, the players, the club, the, that we wanted to be involved in, but that's where we are. And we've, you know, we've really got to grind out some results now because I think Coventry below us have uh, recruited really well in January. Um, you know, they, I think they conceded in the last minute against Charlton or suffered 90 plus six. Um, you know, so they're, they're sort of in a, in a, a probably a, a more positive headspace than us. Um, but yeah, look, we've got to, as you know, go back to the training ground, work hard. We'll do the same to, to try and beat Charlton. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it, it's obviously, it's difficult, but, you know, that's football and, and we're just, you know, working hard to make sure that we stay in the league. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I watch, obviously, because uh, we're friends, colleagues, worked with each other for, for a number of years now. I always look out for, for your results and, and I'm rooting for you for sure. It's been such a difficult season. At the top of the table, though, London City uh, back at the summit, 3-1 win over Sunderland. Uh, dropped points for their closest challengers, Bristol City, though. 0-0 away at Blackburn and a massive game between the top two on Wednesday, which is their rearranged match from a couple of weeks ago. Difficult to ask you, really, Courtney, on your true assessment of the league when you're actually involved in it. But but are these definitely the top two sides for you? Yeah, definitely. I would say, especially London City. I think you know the the fact that their manager's been sort of, of handpicked to go to America tells you um, the fantastic job that she did and and how well that that they've been going there. As Angel City, I think she's going over, isn't it, to to be assistant. Um, so yeah, I think yeah by far. But I think for me, it's it's again been the most competitive um, championship season that I've seen 
despite London City being in right up there and, and you're looking at the table, for example, Palace had a great start and, and after going full time and, and, and now they're struggling. So, I, you know, sometimes I do look at the results from week to week and I think Coventry beat Palace to, to get their first points on the board not so long back and I couldn't believe that. And like I say, every sort of Sunday or Saturday when you're looking at your phone after the game trying to work out the different results, you literally cannot call it. But um, yeah, you know, that's I think it's good for the neutral um, and obviously for the fans of the league to to get that. Um, but yeah, London London City for me, I think will will be the team that that go up. It'd be fantastic to see them in the WSL. Re- really interesting. You, you mentioned earlier Charlton 1-0 winners over Coventry with that late goal. Southampton beat Crystal Palace 2-0. Uh, Birmingham put four past Lewis as well at the Dripping Pan. And it's the Dripping Pan that is going to be the venue for a very exciting fifth round women's FA Cup clash coming up. And that leads us on because we love to feature clubs uh, further down the pyramid here on Women's Football Weekly. And last weekend, Wales's oldest women football team Cardiff City Ladies who play in Division 1 South West booked their place in the fifth round of the Women's FA Cup. The second time they've done that, a 4-1 victory over third tier Burnley. So they did it in style and I'm delighted to say their captain Corrie Williams joins us now. How are you doing Corrie? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, we're very, very well, thank you. Um, I mean, I know that you've been back in back in action this weekend maybe we won't mention that either like we didn't want to mention uh, Courtney's Courtney's <laughs> result but you know you must still be buzzing from 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 that win last week yes yeah, yes yeah, I still sit and I think the fact we beat on 4-1 I think was not expected obviously we we knew we could compete and we set out to just go and compete against them and yeah we we came out 4-1 winners which yeah it's fantastic for us yeah and uh, look I it's important to talk about the money in these circumstances, not just, you know, actually getting to the to the fifth round of, of the FA Cup is an incredible achievement in the first place. But the money that a side like Cardiff can bank, 30 grand banked after beating down in Flyers, Bridgewater United, Keensham Town, Bournemouth Sports. And then, you know, the Burnley win adds another 15k to the bank. What, do, what does that kind of money do for a club like yours? Yeah, obviously, it's, it's massive and that that's been one of the main things this year with the FA Cup. It's just been how far can we get and how much money can we make? Um, so, yeah, that's for us. It'll set us up for next season. We financially, bit of security. We won't really need to worry as much come the start of the season and things like that. So for us to be able to bank that amount, amount of money for the club, yeah, it's fantastic. So you've got Lewis up next, four tiers above you. They're a championship side. How, how confident are you? Um, yeah, like when you look at the draw and the teams that was left in there, there wasn't many teams that we probably thought we could go and compete against. But yeah, it's definitely a draw where we feel if we set up right and obviously they have to have a little bit of an off day, don't get get me wrong. But I think if we set up right and we can go and execute the plan that we want to put in place, then yeah, of course we can compete and I think with games like this, you just never know. No, it is it is a kind of one-off experience and you've got players banging in goals. Laura Williams had two against Burnley, didn't she? Who, who, who are the players, obviously, apart from yourself, who we need to watch out for in this fifth round tie? Um, yeah, obviously, Laura, you know, she's got a bit of experience. She's played um, at a higher level before, so she's definitely one. Um, we're hoping that we've got Ellie, who at the start of the season was fantastic for us, Ellie Sargent. She picked up an injury, but we are hoping that Possibly she can be back for that game. So she'll be a massive one if you can get her back fit fit for that one. And tell us a little bit more about Cardiff as a team because you're the oldest team in Wales. I think there's always, obviously with your name, people who will immediately think that you're the team associated with Cardiff City Championship side, but you're not. And how important is it for a side like yours who's doing it independently to, to, to get, you know, as far as this in in this in this tournament and let people know who you are as a team um yeah it's yeah it's really important we obviously we get the questions all the time of are you the team that's linked with the men and all things like that but obviously we're not we completely independently run like we run by volunteers all the coaching staff are volunteers so you know these guys have given up their time and their efforts to to make the club what it is and to to get the club where they are so like you said just like the exposure of where we've got now and the money we've got from it for a small club like ours and to be the only Welsh club competing in the FA Cup and to get this far, yeah, it's been it's been great. Corey, I'm just wondering in terms of if you get through um this 
you know, against Lewis and you're talking about that exposure, do you want a big WSL team? Who would be your choice of, of team? Um, so I've said it for the last two rounds and we haven't got them. So I will, I want Man United at home. I've got a little nephew. He's a massive Man United fan. So I'm like, I think to get them at home would be great. And I've said it for two rounds and we haven't got it. So you never know, hopefully. Maybe third time looking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Um, you're obviously looking up to promotion after relegation last season. That 2-0 defeat to Exeter yesterday. They now replace you at the top of the table. How vital is it for you to go straight back up? Um, yeah, you know, I think we were really disappointed with obviously getting relegated last year. It was for the club. It wasn't what we wanted, but it happens. And like I said, it's football. It is what it is. But we just want to be competing against the best teams that we can. And we feel that we've got a squad of players who can definitely, and we've shown that, compete with teams in the league above us. So, it's yeah, it's going to be tough now after, obviously, the loss yesterday. You know, we need them to drop points now. So, But we feel pressure's off us now. We can just go play football and hopefully come the end of the season that everything will take care of itself. Oh, listen, we wish you the very best of luck against Lewis and for the rest of the season as well. And uh, we'll get you back on for sure if you if you manage to knock Lewis out of the FA Cup. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Brilliant. So very good luck uh, to Cardiff City. Um, by the way, in case you didn't get all the draw, I think the girls uh, let you know what it was last week. Charlton Athletic will play Birmingham, Manchester United, Durham, West Ham, Villa, Lewis, Cardiff, Tottenham, Reading, Chelsea, Arsenal, Massive, Brighton and Coventry and Bristol City against Manchester City. All those fixtures played on Sunday, the 26th of February, 2023. 20 grand, the prize money and the losing clubs also get 5,000. So minimum uh, that Cardiff will get is £5,000. Courtney, Fantastic to have you on, as always. I miss I miss seeing you. I'm sorry we're not face-to-face today, but hopefully I will see you at a ground near us at some point soon. Yeah, maybe at Kenilworth Road. That would be nice. That would be very nice. Well, <laughs> you know, especially because, you know, we're, we're doing all right at the moment, yeah, I feel. Yeah, the uh, Right... <laughs> Up the Hatters. Uh, Next week, we're going to be looking ahead to the Lionesses prep for the Women's World Cup. The Arnold Clark Cup returns. England won the inaugural tournament last year. They kick off again next Thursday, the 16th of February, against Korea Republic. Italy and Belgium complete the team's live commentary of all three games across the TalkSport network. Thank you to Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Corey Williams, Ellie Roebuck, Bradley Hayden, producer Will, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any the show live you can download the women's football weekly podcast via the Talksport app or listen back throughout the week next here on Talksport 2 it's road to the super bowl hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style